Welcome back with the afternoon show, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Yes, the return that caused all the uproar. <laughs> Spike asking, joining the best show ever. Turned out that was uh, the best show on WIP. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was on the midday show. And the midday show, again, very insecure. <laughs> <laughs> Got all offended. And, uh, you know, had to, had to try to, you know, get their back, their, their, their backbone up, I guess. It did. Uh, again, something else I had nothing to do with. No, once again, yeah, you're you're getting drunk. You're getting brought down by your teammates around here these days. You know what I mean? You know, like me, the whole AJ thing, them with the whole you know return thing. Mm-hmm. Teammates are letting down. Are, are <laughs> teammates letting, are letting me down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what the streets are saying. That's what that's what Twitter's saying. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine. We'll get to some thoughts on the uh, on the draft coming up here because I just. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing early from from two of the biggest mockers and what the scuttlebutt is down the senior bowl. But real quick on uh, Joel Embiid from Woj on NBA Today. I don't have the audio, so I apologize in advance. But apparently he just said on TV that he's told we're getting closer in Philadelphia to getting some clarity on what's next for Joel Embiid. The Sixers have certainly spent a lot of time here over the last day evaluating that knee and trying to come up come to a consensus about what's next for him, whether that's to stay on the court and keep playing, whether that's a short time away or a longer period of time away. We'll have a clearer picture on that perhaps as soon as tonight. Hmm. So that doesn't scream season ender. That screams. No, it seems scream surgery versus not having surgery. Correct. Like, would you want to wait for the offseason to get surgery or right. get it now and come back in, in four to six weeks? Get it now. I would agree. I'm sure he doesn't want to be cut on, though. You know, as an athlete, he's been cut on a lot already. I'm sure it's not fun for him um, to go get it done, especially during the season, then trying to rehab. He's going to get out of shape, everything else, because he has to be off his feet. And he's gone through this process. I don't know if he's had surgery in season before. He's got – I know he's got a knee scope. Okay, scope is not surgery, but – Getting it cleaned out, that gives you a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, I I forget if he's got – the only one I remember was when he played on national TV against the Rockets his rookie year, but he never came back from that that surgery. Did he he do a surgery? Yeah, because he got it right after. Oh, so that was was the season in the surgery. Because he played on a torn meniscus. It was a meniscus, torn meniscus. He he played on a torn meniscus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough to tell him to get surgery, but at the same time, like if I have a chance to get 100% Joel Embiid – Yeah, no, I I, I don't – See, it's him who doesn't probably want the surgery. If I'm the Sixers, I'm like, yeah, get surgery. Because I have to think about more than just this year. Right? You can go out there and try not to get surgery, and we try to, you know, rest you, play you, rest you, this whole sort of thing. And you're still never anywhere near 100%. Not only that, you could possibly tear it. Mm -hmm. You make it worse. Yeah. We we just did that with someone, didn't we? Was it? Was it? I mean, it might have been Bryce. Was it Bryce? I mean, uh, Bryce. That remember they were playing him, or he was playing in right field, and then they they kept trying to delay it, and then eventually he just needed to get the full surgery on the arm. Oh, they did it with Sir Anthony. With Sir Anthony a couple years ago, they were like, "Ah, just come back and throw," and then he ended up needing Tommy John. Right. You know, where it's like you can play on it, you can you can try to work your way through it, but there is obviously the possibility of of making it worse. Yeah, if it's a four to six four to six week injury. I'd, I'd rather go ahead and get the surgery. Now, the interesting part is is what happens, you know, from the you know the standing standpoint with that. If they're the, I know you can't really worry about it, but they go from the fifth seed right now. Yeah. Without Embiid, do they fall to? I mean, they could fall down to a seven eight 
It could. We can't. They're they're in like one of those playing games. Yeah, and it does affect the deadline. You yeah, know? Like, I mean, okay, maybe then Maury needs to go do something. How much do you invest in the team with Joel missing time? How much do you invest in the team if he only sits or sits a week and then gets back out there? Well, to me, you need another scorer. You're not going to replace and be the player, but you're not going to replace his 35 points a game. But you need somebody else that could come in and give you buckets with Tobias and and Maxi. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's what you need. If you want to stay afloat and stay out of the play-in situation and make sure you're at least a sixth seed, that's what you're going to have to do. Because I don't think Tobias and Maxi alone with the rest of the guys, without any significant addition, um, and I don't, it doesn't have to be a Paul George or somebody like that, but you got to bring somebody in here that can help those guys out to at least allow you to stay afloat and stay out of the play-in situation. Is DeMar DeRozan enough? I think he would be enough. You put DeMar DeRozan with Tobias and Maxi with the rest of the guys. You can survive. Yeah, you should be able to survive. Because I, I don't know. I really don't know what, what the, who what, the go ahead, I don't know who the best player that's going to be available, available. is. Available. Right. And we, we kind of know who they are. Those aren't the guys that we want. So what would um, DeMar DeRozan cost? Probably like one first. I mean, I, I, don't, I think his value is. Pretty down. Well, player wise, do we got to we got to match salaries? Yeah, I, I don't know what his salaries. I'm sure it's pretty big. Well, that that's who that's. I mean, that's more important than anything because you're giving up your depth. And do you want to trade? Would you want to trade Toby in that scenario? Well, yeah, because then you're right back where you were. I don't think Maxi and and DeRozan is enough. No. Uh so it's 28 million this year. So that's probably you probably wouldn't have to put Toby. Honestly, you, you could do Morris and someone. Why can't we put Covington and those guys in there? Okay, Covington. Yeah, I don't want Morris in the, in the Co- trade. Yeah. Covington is Just got a key to the city. Do I, I trade him? I know, but he, I think he's $17 million. I don't care. Well, well listen. Wait, well, hold on. If you're trying to win, you still need players. I agree. I agree, but you also have to make salaries. I, match, I, would you I, rather? And Covington hasn't played in a while. I think he's $11 million. So, either way, it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, get Covington, Cork, and who else? Pop the cork, baby. Pop the cork, because DeRozan's a free agent after this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, Chicago's not going anywhere, so you give them a couple couple of deals that you know they, they could possibly get rid of. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm it's, sure they don't want to take on extra salary that's more than one year either. They want expirings. Yeah. They want expirings and a, and a, and a, and a pick. So Morris is 17. Yeah, I'm not giving them a pick, because I'm doing you a favor by taking DeRozan off your hands. But if you're making – yeah, I mean – from their standpoint, though, then why wouldn't they just hold on to him? Yeah, because you stink. Well, I know, but then they could at least still have DeRozan. Well, yeah, why? I don't know. Well, they, oh, you're saying what's in it for them? Yeah. They, they get to take back the, the right. Right, to, right. Yeah, they don't want Covington and those guys. They have Marcus Morris. Fair point. <laughs> so, like, so Morris is making 17. Uh, Batum's making 11. Batum's untouchable. You can't trade Batum. Um, Covington's 11. Melton's 8. And Ferk's 5. Yeah, so I'd go Ferk. Uh, Cork and Milton. Milton? Yeah. He's the fourth best player on the team. Um, I, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen him. No, he hasn't played in forever. Yeah. May, would you, may, instead of draft pick, maybe they throw Jaden Springer as like a young player that could. I like Jaden Springer. He's I, he's weird. <laughs> like, like he's, he, he's, he's bouncy. Like, yes, yes. But his shot's so ugly. He's yes. kind of like a, he should be 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, but he's 6'2". Right. You know, like he plays. He reminds me, honestly, of of Zaire. Like when Zaire, was, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Pre sesame allergy. Yeah, yeah, never like seen. Zaire, I've never seen him play. I know, I know. But like, he just—he's an odd player. Yeah, can't shoot very well. 
Yeah, he's a hustle face. <laughs> and he's, and he's like 6'2". Should really be like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, uh, we'll get to the, this draft thing in a second, but Chris is in Ben Salem. What's happening, Chris? What's going on, guys? How you doing? What's, What's up, up, Chris? Hey, Ike, I wanted to uh, just chat you up about this, this Fangio defense and um, okay. one of the guys I think that they're going to bring. Like, I'm 100% on board with Patrick Queen. Like, I think that's the dude they need to go get because – you know, they're going to, what, run four linebackers out there, and it's going to be, you know, the slop we've been watching. Right, yeah. It can't be the four that we've seen. Yeah, it can't be any of those guys. Maybe I, maybe N'Kobe. Maybe. Right. Listen, I want N'Kobe to succeed. I loved him coming out of college. Me too. Yep. Um, but, you know, we want uh, Queen, and mm-hmm. I know we're getting Andrew Van Ginkle. Oh, oh, he's a lock. Yeah, he's a lock to be here. We're getting the gink. <laughs> the gink, man. <laughs> yeah, like how he's got to understand. If he's giving us the gink, he's got to go get queen. That's just the deal. Yeah, the gink. The and, gink. And queen. Can't give me the gink, man. <laughs> but, yeah, that, uh, that is that. He Listen, isn't that the type of linebacker we would go out and get in, in free agency for sure? Doesn't it feel like uh, – it feels like Kiko all over again? Yes, it does. Yeah. Kiko, Kiko could play. This guy, I mean, he listen, this dude just had like a – banner year for him and it was like okay but like he's 29 and very high pff grade. oh is he 29 i didn't realize he was that old that's okay. that's, that's approaching cook status like ah, he's coming off a rookie contract he's probably like 24 maybe he's got he's 29 years old like get out of here yeah uh, was it was he drafted at 26 <laughs> oh he was he, no he's 25 he just, oh must have been 25 if it's off a rookie contract Wait, or it might have took a while to get to the league years. yeah he could have been playing in the xfl for a year or two i don't know <laughs> but so I, I guess my concern is like how do these guys that are currently here fit in a three four? You know, because Hassan doesn't want to drop back into coverage, nor should he, because he's not very good at it. He's he's a pass rush guy, and then you know what do you do with Nolan Smith? And what who are your three up front? Is it going to be Jordan Davis at the nose, and then Milton and uh, Carter on each side of them? I tell you, Nolan Smith first of all certainly has to step up and make a big leap. Uh, next sure. year, from the first Appreciate year that. to his to his second year, uh, you don't take a guy in the first round, and he's still a rotational player uh, in his second year. So, uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's playing a more significant role somewhere. He he has to be one of your guys out there. You spent the first round pick on him. You don't take a pass rusher slash linebacker in the first round, and he's not a starter within two years. It's a wasted pick. Mm-hmm. It's it's it. I just have no idea what to expect from Nolan Smith. No, I I agree, but he needs to take a huge leap this year. He does. Like, because they can't go out and replace everybody. Some of these positions they've already invested in. Mm -hmm. These guys got to step up and play. Or they're bad picks. Right. But they're too young for you to give up on already. Like, Nolan Smith, he's only in his second year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they don't want to give up on the Kobe. No. And I think they – they know he's still. I think they know he's still popular, and he has had injuries. Mm-hmm. So, he, so I guess they could still talk themselves into it. But like, it's it's Jordan Davis, it's Nolan Smith, it's it's Nicobe. and then see if they can get Patrick Queen. See right. what they can do in the draft. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the draft, like, okay, what you got? I mean, holy cow! The Eagles are trying to ruin the draft season. So the two big mockers, our guy Daniel Jeremiah, mm-hmm. who I hope can can join us again this year. Love having mm-hmm. him on, leading into the draft. DJ. Usually does. Uh, Mel Kuyper, obviously mm-hmm. th- those two, two of the bigger mockers out there. Um, they both have the Eagles taking an offensive tackle with uh, the 22nd overall pick. Yeah, The scuttlebutt down at the Senior Bowl is that they are a lock 
to draft an offensive tackle at number 22. And I just, can we, just get me a real player. I, I know that you are the, I know you are trenchman. I know that you care about yeah. building the trenches. Lane's not retired yet. I can't worry about replacing Lane at, at this point. And I know it's part of their foundation and I get it. But when you have to rebuild essentially the entire defense, can I just get a difference maker at 22 from a from a defensive perspective? Can I start getting blue chippers on that side of the ball? Does it always have to be an offensive tackle? Does it have to be a tackle? I have my lot of who's, what, 26. I have Lane. He probably has at least two years left. I, I know he's 34. I know he's dealt with injuries. I know the mental health stuff's there. But he hasn't really given indications that he's going to retire anytime soon. I can't worry about replacing Lane until Lane's really gone. Like Especially when the defensive side of the ball is as has as many holes as they do. I'm already dreading them drafting an offensive tackle at, at 22. Well, you can dread on because uh, it's going to happen. Awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, they're more than likely to, to take a tackle there than they are any other position. Um, and they do have to think about replacing Lane. They do because Lane may only have one more year in him, uh, two at the most. And you mentioned some of the reasons. It'll be interesting to see Lane next year if Kelsey isn't back, you know, if Fletcher isn't back. You know, guys that he's been around pretty much his whole career. You know, and I'm pretty sure that's where a lot of his friendships are developed. And you probably you saw the picture of him and Fletcher out hunting a day or two after the season was over with. They were out together. When you become the lone guy in the in the locker room, when you look around like, hold on, I'm the oldest guy here now? All the other guys are gone? Sometimes you start to feel like, okay, you know, it, maybe my time is coming too. And listen, he's made a lot of money. He's won a championship. Like, it, it, what's the motivation to keep him playing if the team isn't necessarily one of the best teams in the league? So the Eagles, I'm, I'm imagining they would rather, if they can, if they can get one now, grooming behind Lane for a year or whatever, then at least they got somebody they feel can step in there and be ready to go. But at the same time, for me, like, Again, there's there's offensive tackles in every draft. Sure, you know, like until the guys, until I know he's gone. I, I and, and what's the, the point of drafting his replacement? Especially when when the defensive side of the ball. This is part of the all in off season. Like, they what would you rather? What would you? What do you have more faith in them drafting at twenty two? An offensive lineman, a defensive end, tackle, a corner. Well, if they, if they, or a wide receiver. If they draft a defensive tackle. <laughs> right, I don't think they are, but I'm just saying these are the positions. Also, a defensive end, like these are the positions they would draft. Mm-hmm. Like offensive tackle might be the one that they're probably best at drafting at that position. And all I say to that is, just step out of your comfort zone at some point. I, I know you're good at it. Right. I-, I know you find tackles. I know you you you're also miss on tackles back there. Well, this actually, the, besides Lane, they have drafted tackles in the first round. That's exactly gone as well. They have not. So. You've been able to find guys. You found Mylod in the seventh. You found Kelsey in the sixth. You got Dickerson in the second. Uh, you got Samalo a couple of years ago in the third or fourth. Yep. One of those two. Vitae started the Super Bowl. He was a, a fifth rounder. Fifth round pick. Like, again, Lane, I know, number three overall and anchor there for a while. It's just, I, I feel like if they can go get a blue chipper on the defensive side of the ball, I just I would rather have that than another offensive tackle. It kills I would, them. too. Give me an. Try to get an edge rusher, like a, to, to to bank on Sweat and 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 Reddick and Nolan Smith, maybe taking. Or, a they, or they may take an end. I take an end. I mean, they may. I mean, Reddick could be on the last year of his deal, so and I think Sweat will too. So if they see an end there, yeah, I I could see them taking the end for sure. Yeah, I just 
to, to put it out already that it seems like they're going to ta- tackle just does not get me geared up and geeked up for, for, draft, for draft yeah. season. Yeah. Especially because I – Hey, man, we got draft night. I know. Like, I don't think <laughs> we're getting a uh, now I'm awake when they draft <laughs> the, the tackle from Oklahoma. Right. But he's an Oklahoma tackle, so I guess they've had good, good – He is an Oklahoma tackle. Okay. Good luck with that. That was – so Kuiper's draft was the Oregon State offensive tackle and – uh, Jeremiah was the Oklahoma offensive tackle who Lane is like being a mentor towards. Well, that's who they're taking. So that's the story. <laughs> Listen, hopefully, he goes early. They let Kelsey draft his replacement. They'll let Lane draft his replacement. They let BG draft his replacement. <laughs> Nolan Smith. They let uh, Fletcher draft. You know, uh, uh, Jalen Jalen Carter. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do for our legends. That's what we do. Uh, Lake Can in Delaware. What's happening, Lake Can? Hey, how you guys doing, man? What's up? Is that yeah. Lacan? <laughs> but um, Jack and Ike, yes. yes, congratulations, man! You guys are making headline news all over the all over the NFL news. Or talking about trading AJ, and the whole yep. league is worried about it. All press it's is good press. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will say that we are a Super Bowl or bust mode right now. Uh, oh, I would say we should. Yeah, I think we should keep AJ at least for this year. See what happens. I mean, I think Howard can probably make some moves. Maybe like, like you said, get Patrick Queen, or maybe like you know, trade for Patrick Sertain. But honestly, if we want to get Patrick Sertain, I probably just say, how about we just trade Barber and a first for Sertain instead of AJ? Well, let's be honest, the Broncos <laughs> are not. <laughs> the Broncos are not really a, a playoff team, especially the Russell situation. So I think that would be a better trade instead of AJ because I understand AJ's acting, I guess, weird with. This horse towards this whole situation. I don't think he wants to leave. I don't. I think he wants to stay. But you know, I just think he just he just don't want to make cause any issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe like and and um, you know, I appreciate the call. We'll see. I, I mean, I I don't think they're gonna <laughs> trade really any of those guys because mm-hmm. I think they have the idea of having the, you know this offense be if, if they can rely on one thing next year. Well, there's no way they can trade AJ Brown and then be serious about going to the Super Bowl. No. Probably not. Although I, I think Sertain would help, but it's still the offense would be taking a huge step back, and you need the offense to be great. And it's not like Sertain changes the off the defense that much to where it's all of a sudden a top five unit. So yeah, I, I mostly agree. It's more about building for for the future. Uh, Lynn is in Philadelphia. What's happening, Lynn? Yes. How you doing today? What up, Lynn? Okay. How you doing, Ike? And the, and the, I'm I'm sorry, but I want to ask your uh, your co-host name. My name is Jack. Jack. Yeah. Jack, Jack, yes, 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 yes. Hello, Lynn. How well, are guess you? What? Wonderful. Listen, you guys have me dying. I'm cracking up. Ike says, well, I have no more confidence that the Sixers are going to win the championship. And if I had a video of that, I could probably see a tear coming from his eye. <laughs> and then you, Jack, mm-hmm. said, which is really funny, too, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't go through this compromise situation any longer. <laughs> So what's funny? So, um, what's funny? Yeah, what's so funny I can't. MB being compromised. So oh, okay. So um, it seems as though that MB um, has. It, it appears to me that he has this pressure on him because he has not gotten past the second round, and so it almost seems like it's just a template that he has. Like I'll play well at the beginning of the season, but as the season goes on, I think this pressure gets to him, and all of a sudden now this. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that these are things he looked for in terms of escape. You know, well, I'm, I'm hurt. And then all of a sudden he gets in the game and then he doesn't give his whole effort because he's trying to preserve himself. 
So when I go back to the game that he got hurt, it seems that I'm not sure the body language seems that he didn't want to be there, but and I'm wondering why Nick Nurse kept him out there at that particular instance. So I don't know what was going on there. Do you have any idea? You don't, you don't think Embiid wanted to play that night? Yeah, I didn't, yeah, because of his body language, if you watched him, he really didn't put a whole lot of effort out there. It seems as though that his body language was like he was either ill or he didn't really be there. He was probably wanting to take the time off. Or but he was the, injured. Yeah, or he was injured. And here's the other thing. I think someone alluded to it, I'm not sure who, but maybe Nick Nurse was in, in fearing that he needed to get a couple of wins to be safe for the playoffs. So he needed to get that game that they thought he could win, that he could win with. That's why NB played. That was the perspective that I had as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know how much Embiid influenced this, meaning that him giving the green light that he was good to go. Now you can say was it influenced by the the pressure from the outside, right? It, you know the whole he didn't play Saturday versus Jokic and all of that, and the game was going to be on national TV. Did that sort of give Embiid a nudge to want to go out there and play? Possibly. I don't think that gave the Sixers a nudge to want him to play. I don't think that that made the Sixers clear him medically to go out there and play. So if there's actually any pressure that was on anybody from an outside influence standpoint, it was placed on Embiid from what he may have heard from peers and and media members and all of that stuff. I can give a little credence to that. Now, I can also say with this in the same breath, you got to rise above that and ignore that and do what's best. You've gone through this enough to know you should have a good idea of what it's like to go out there and play when you're compromised, well, how important the end of the season is to you versus what outside noise is dictating and saying. He's supposed to be matured from that already. I can understand two, three years ago, Houston, national TV, Friday night, then you're at the meat concert dancing and all that. When Yeah, we flamed you for that. And a lot of people say, oh, he's young. Okay, we give you a pass. That's four years ago. Now you're supposed to be a seasoned vet who's gone through this, who knows what the ramifications are if you aren't healthy late in the season, what that's going to be like, what that means for this fan base. You say a championship is what means the most to you. Then why are you playing on a Tuesday night against Golden State? You've already won an MVP. Yeah. Like, why are you playing? And you have the power to say, no, I can't go tonight. He, of course, he, listen, he decides when he plays. Yes. I think, I think we, we evolved past, like, uh, the, the, the team can tell him not to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can try. They can try to tell him not to play, but, yes, he it's, decides. It's, it's his decision. Yep. And, it, and it is disappointing that it still has that feel of he cares about the MVP. And, and sure, the MVP can matter. You two-time MVP, that's special. But like you also it shouldn't matter. You can't. But he, he can't say in the same breath that, that the championship is all that matters. Yeah, and, and to be fair to us as fans, you don't hear most of us screaming MVP this year. We don't care. Now, yeah, we could say after he scored seventy, he's the MVP of the league. But what I'm saying is that isn't the objective of anybody. If it was year, he's already won one now. If it was year three of Embiid, year four of Embiid, sure, the MVP is cool. Well, if he hasn't had, if he hadn't won one, I'll just leave it at that. You just won last year. It's not important to anybody. It's not, and it shouldn't be important to him because fans don't care. In other words, it's not going to validate you with fans. That's a selfish thing. That you want. That's not giving fans what they want. They don't care about the MVP anymore. 
We don't. I'm, I'm raising my hand. I don't give a damn about you winning another MVP. I don't care. It does not matter. Win the finals MVP. Right? That's win the, yeah, yeah win the finals MVP. Twitter questions that are sponsored by Mark's Jewelers. Looking for the perfect engagement ring? Visit Mark's Jewelers for diamond engagement rings that fit every budget online. Marks-Jewelers.com. Do you have Embiid fatigue? We're at, that's on the table. Plus, is this an all-in year for the Eagles? Get in now. 215-592-9494. Plus, on the other side, how was some 4 o'clock fills? <laughs> they play baseball this month. Are you feeling it? Where are we at with this team? Do there was you... a reason why you had a little bit more of a pep in your step. Oh, today. it's almost fill season. Yeah, listen, <laughs> February means fill season. Listen, I got, I got a bunch of alliterations today, too. Four o'clock fills and B fatigue all in offseason? That's called high level radio. That's what that is. 215 592 9494. Mixing the fills on the other side on Sports Radio 94 WIP.